It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Now, we had this guy on today named Brandon Lee Gowton. Now, who the hell is he? He writes for Bleeding Green Nation. Now, is Bleeding Green Nation something that people read? fans are the best fans now i'm biased obviously so of course i'm going to say that but how could you not when you look at all those people who showed up at stubhub center looked a lot more like lincoln financial field out there to me that's just an awesome showing of support and we shouldn't take that lightly Now, we already know Eagles fans really travel well. You guys are all around the country. Our man, Quentin Hurd, checking in in the comments here on Facebook.com backslash Booty Green Nation, where this video is live if you're listening on the replay. He was there. A lot of you guys were there. You guys did an awesome job. I I don't think the fans are getting enough credit for yesterday's win. Everyone's pointing out how there was a lot of people there, but you guys brought great support. And that's why I wanted to start today by saying great job, Eagles fans. That was awesome to see. You guys took over StubHub Center almost 3,000 miles away from Philadelphia. It's not like this wasn't like the Washington game where there's a lot of Eagles fans down there in Washington because you can make the trek from Philly to Washington. You know, it's not, it's not that bad. I'm sure some of you guys did that for the California game too here. It was awesome. It was an awesome win. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton, here to break it down with you on this episode of BGN Radio Daily, our Monday edition. A lot to get into today. The Eagles are 3-1, and one, guys. They're 3-1. and one. It feels good, right? The Eagles are 3-1. and one. They're first in the NFC East. The Cowboys lost yesterday. That feels great. The Giants are 0-4. Their season was already over. Now it's over again. They're done. Stick a fork in them. 
Washington plays tonight. We'll see how they do. The game is in Kansas City. So obviously we're we're all rooting here for a Chiefs win. That would be fantastic. Come on, Andy Reid, come through for us on this one. We need to, we, uh, a Washington loss would mark the first time since 2014. It was the the uh, the week the Eagles beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. If, if the Washington loses against the Chiefs, it'll be the first time since then that. All three NFC East rivals of the Eagles lost while the Eagles won. So hopefully we get to see that uh, for now. Even if the even if Washington does win, which come on, um, they're not. Even if they do, the Eagles are still in first because the Eagles have the tiebreaker head to head, and Washington's a one-one in the division. The Eagles are still 2-0 in the division and 2-0 in the conference, so that's big. Um, it's great. being just, just think how good it feels. It just felt today so peaceful. <laughs> it just I, I know the exact opposite feeling that it could feel like if the Eagles lost that game. So feels good to be in first place. Feels very good. Now, where do the Eagles go from here? That's what everyone's thinking, right? I mean... Some of these games have been close. They haven't been perfect. They're clearly a good team. They're 3-1. and one. They're playing well. They rank top 10 in a number of offensive categories. So they're playing good football. It's just a matter of how good can they be. And part of the issue here, one of the concerns, is that the Eagles defense giving up way too many points. 52 points total in the fourth quarter this year. That's 13 per game. That is an average, or no, it's an average of 13 per game. It's ranks, sorry, as I meant to say, is it ranks second to last in the NFL, or second most, depending on how you look at it. It's, it's bad. It's not good. You're going to avoid too many points. So um, hopefully that gets turned around. Doug Peterson uh, was asked about that today. He was talking about how he doesn't think it's conditioning. I I think the sorry I got a little distracted here. Um I think the issue with the defense is that surprise the secondary is still not good. That's a problem. Um it's just what can you do? Ronald Darby is out. Ronnie McLeod is in there, but I think the hamstring is still bothering him. He's playing like the hamstring is still bothering him. Fletcher Cox is out, so you're missing one of your best players on the team, one of your best pass rushers who can kind of take the pressure off the secondary. So the Eagles are dealing with some injury issues. That's part of why they're struggling on defense. But we need to see better. We need we need to see better. They can't keep giving up this many points in the fourth quarter. The Eagles should be a team that's built to play with a lead because they have these pass rushers, and that's what they should be able to do. You get up. Then you just send those pass rushers loose. You have that four-man front that can generate pressure. But it's not working right now, so that's one of the concerns. I don't want to just harp on the negative. You know, There's a lot to be excited about in this game. When you look at the run game, <laughs> just like I said a couple weeks ago, right, when I got all mad and was yelling about how the Eagles can't run the ball. Now... Let me preface this by saying 
and I pointed it out on last week's podcast, that the Eagles have faced two very bad run defenses. Before the Eagles played the Giants, they ranked 28th in run defense. Before the Eagles played the Chargers, Los Angeles ranked second to last in run defense. So these are bad run defenses. You just look at the personnel they have, and they aren't good when it comes to run defense. So that's something to keep in mind there. With that said, the Eagles took care of business, and they've been running the ball really well. Really, really well. Isaac Shamala was suddenly out of the starting lineup, and the combination of Steven Wisniewski and Chance Wormack are in, and I still think it's a weird thing. I'm not a fan of it, but it's working. At least it did work more so well in this game. In the Giants game, Wormack was not playing well. This game, it seemed like Wormack was not holding the team back, so... If it's going to work, I'm fine with the rotation, but I'm not crazy about it otherwise, and I hope they just stick with Wisniewski if it comes to a point where it's just so obvious that Warmack isn't playing well. The run game. They have 407 total rushing yards in the last two weeks. That's great. It's a great thing to see, especially after the Eagles really struggled to run the ball the first two weeks. Now, the team, the identity of this team is not a run first team. That's just not who they are. You have Carson Wentz. You drafted him so you can throw the ball. But if the run's working, hey, I like sticking with it. I don't think anyone else is complaining about them them sticking it if it's working. So you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. Jason Kelsey is playing well. Wisniewski is coming in. Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are playing well. Brandon Brooks has been good all season long. They're opening up holes. Zach Ertz, as Chad Weikert is pointing out in the comments here, asking when can we finally give Ertz some respect. I mean, Zach Ertz is having a great year as a receiver, but he was blocking well against the Chargers, so he's even stepping up in that regard. Great to see. The running backs, to their credit, are doing their part. I thought Wendell Smallwood was okay. Uh, he had uh, he was more of a weapon in the receiving game. He, he played well overall. He did a nice touchdown, a little short touchdown run, punched it in there. Uh, good game from him. Corey Clement was huge. He came up. He didn't have a big numbers, but he came up huge on those third and one conversions in the game, two in a row, two little uh, sets of downs in a row there late in the game. He got the first downs. That's awesome. And then LG, the Garrett Blunt man, that guy is awesome. Once he he once he gets to that second level, I mean, there's <laughs> that's the problem with him, or at least that's been the problem early on in the season. He hasn't been able to get to that second level because the blocking hasn't been there or he's not the most elusive guy but once LeGarrette Blunt gets onto that second level oh my gosh look out because one-on-one you are not bringing that guy down you need a the whole team the whole defense to come and tackle him and to see him go off for that 68 yard run that was awesome that's like Marshawn Lynch right there I've always wanted I wish Marshawn Lynch could have played for the Eagles I love Marshawn Lynch probably one of my favorite NFL players non-Eagles NFL players uh, that guy is awesome. And LeGarrette Blunt looked a lot like him on Sunday against the Chargers. So the run game is back. That's awesome to see. Uh, we'll see how they do now against teams with better run defenses. They're playing the Cardinals this week. They have a better run defense. So I want to go see that. Um, Brandon Moore with a good point here in the comments saying, who's everyone saying the Eagles were going to lose to the Giants and Chargers? Uh, I think that's funny about how uh, for the second week in a row, and I was pointing this out in the, the, the preview podcast, 
Everyone keeps saying everything's a trap game. Oh, the Giants game was a trap game. Well, the Eagles won it. Chargers game was a trap game. Again, the Eagles won it. Now everyone, I feel like some people are already starting to say that about the Cardinals games, since the Cardinals are bad. But guys, like, have some confidence in the Eagles. That's one of the things we learned from this week. The Eagles deserve some of our confidence. Now, of course, as I say that, they'll let us down, as they always do. But for now, <laughs> they are looking like a good team. If you had to rank this Eagles team, which I'll be doing in my NFL power rankings, my all-important NFL power rankings, on BleedingGreenNation.com for Tuesday, they're top 10 at least, maybe top 5. We'll see how it shakes out, but they're they're up there. They're playing good right now. They're playing well. Um, one of the biggest things from this game that I thought was very impressive was the fact that Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram had 23.5 combined sacks in their last 15 games. That's how many games Bosa's played in his career. That's why he's 15. Lane Johnson and Jason Peters held them to zero sacks. They shut them down. So not only was the offensive line looking good in run blocking, but pass protection was awesome as well. And that, if this offensive line can be that good, I mean, this team is going places. We all kind of laughed off when PFF said the Eagles had the best offensive line in the NFL, especially after the first two weeks because it didn't look that way. But they've really stepped up in these past two games here, and that's a great sign, I think, for the season moving forward. If this offensive line can can be like this good, the Eagles are going to win a lot of games. They're going to win more than they lose. They're going at least 9-7 and seven if this offensive line uh, is playing this well all year. They just... Now, and then, of course, it's not going to. You can't expect every game to be perfect, but I think we're going to see a lot more good than bad out of this group. You have to give a lot of credit to Jason Peters and Lane Johnson for the way they've been playing, because they've been playing great. They've been keeping Carson Wentz protected. And then, of course, you know Carson Wentz has the ability to protect himself by taking off and running. I've seen a lot of people point that out. That's absolutely true. Speaking of Carson, I want to get into it. He had his best game of the season against the Chargers. And that's another reason to feel good about the direction of this team, not only what they've been able to do so far, but moving forward. The Eagles have been able to win with Carson Wentz not looking super awesome so far. He hasn't had this monster game. So for him to come out and to have this game where he completed about 55% of his passes for 242 yards, one touchdown, had a 91.1 passer rating, that's not like... That's not the sexiest stat line there is. But if you watch that game, as I'm sure you did, you know that Carson Wentz had a good game. Pretty, pretty good game. He looked total control in that game. He was directing the offense. He was setting things up. He was getting in and out of plays. He was audibling at the line of scrimmage. It was great. And more than that, his accuracy was awesome. He threw some of those uh, passes downfield. They were right on the money, right on the receiver's hands, in stride. That's some great stuff. Uh, great to see that from Carson on the road, especially where he doesn't have a good road record. So loved seeing that out of Carson Wentz and, and feeling very good about that moving forward. Um, does anyone still miss Jordan Matthews? Question from Chad Weikert. Jordan Matthews actually got hurt. So uh, I believe he suffered a broken thumb. It's going to be out a month or so. So uh, And no. I don't think anyone is missing Jordan Matthews because your new slot receiver, Nelson Aguilar, looks solid. He's not 
the guy that the Eagles probably hoped he would be with the first-round pick. He's not that game-breaking talent, but he's a really good contributor. He's been a good contributor, at least so far. He's not posting monster numbers by any means, but he's a solid slot guy. And he's a guy who has that ability, as we've seen, or as we saw in the Chargers game, to stretch the field a little bit, create a big play here and there. So if Nelson Aguilar can bring you that, that's awesome. Expecting anything more or getting anything more out of him is awesome. That's that's even better, but I, it's not realistic. You know, he, He's been so bad that to this point, just getting average production out of him is just a huge win for the Eagles. So um, one guy who has not been playing well at wide receiver is not Alshon Jeffrey. You saw it in the comments here on Facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation on the, the live comments here said that Alshon's not having a good season, and I don't agree with that. I know he's not posting those monster number one wide receiver numbers that we would like to see, but part of the thing here is that Carson Wentz missed him last week on that deep pass. If he has that, if he makes that catch, if, if Carson Wentz gives him a chance to make that catch, his numbers suddenly look a lot better. And another thing that Alshon's been able to do, especially last week, was draw those pass interference penalties. So the numbers don't tell the whole story there. Alshon isn't having the best year. He's not producing those monster numbers. I get it. But you can't say like he's been bad. Maybe you're, you're disappointed because you expected those monster numbers. That's fine. Maybe we'll see those go up. I think we will see those go up as the season goes along. And Carson has that time to build the chemistry with Alshon. They start to figure things out. The touchdown reception was great yesterday. It was simple. It was a short play. But Carson threw it right in there. Alshon caught it. Boom. Touchdown. So... Wouldn't be getting on Alshon too much. The other wide receiver that people are getting on is Torrey Smith. He had that bad drop or two uh, against the, the Chargers on Sunday. He even tweeted that he's in the, the, the quote, the in the middle of the worst stretch of his career. He said he'll bounce back, proud of his team. So Torrey Smith is not looking so great, which is kind of weird to me. I know he struggled in San Francisco, so it's not like totally shocking, but thought he looked good in training camp. Didn't really drop too many balls when I watched him this summer, so I'm a little surprised to see so many now. Um, Doug Peterson said he's sticking with Torrey Smith. He's not going to bench him. But with that said, you probably want to give Matt Collins some more of his snaps. Um, it's not like they're going to take away all of Torrey's snaps, but maybe you give Matt Collins like five more snaps than he usually would because Torrey's struggling a little bit, and we got to see what Matt can do because Matt, to his credit, the rookie's produced whenever he's been there. So I want to see a little bit more Matt Collins, a little less Torrey Smith. I'm not saying to take Torrey Smith off the field completely. He draws his pass interference penalties. He's able to get down the field deep. So not calling for the Eagles to bench him, and I don't think they will even if you want that to happen. So sorry. But uh, another thing about this Eagles win that I need to highlight is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, Jake Elliott, man. That guy, he's awesome. He's such a little dude, and he's awesome. Uh, Elliott made all four of his field goal attempts. He hit from 40, 45, 47, 53. And the thing I loved about them, maybe I'm just maybe I'm I'm giving him too much credit here, but from what I recall, they're all down the middle. They were just perfect, and they all had plenty of leg on them, too. Those were some strong kicks. So Jake Elliott, and the other thing is. He had a touchback in all of his kickoffs. So not only was he booting the ball 
uh, or not only is he making these long field goals, but then he's not even giving the, the opposing team a chance to return the ball. So Jake Elliott's been awesome. I saw some someone in here in the comments earlier was talking about how um, the Eagles should what they should do with their kicker situation. This is how I think it's going to work out. So if Jake Elliott is kicking this well, you don't do anything with him. You just keep him in there, and with Caleb Sturgis, you can just keep him on injured reserve all year. Just if if Jake Elliott is not struggling, you just keep Sturgis on injured reserve. And then he's a free agent after the season. You can let him walk. But I think it's probably more realistic that you re-sign him to a minimum offer, one-year deal, no no, really any kind of guaranteed money. You have him compete with Jake Elliott in training camp next offseason. And then you trade the loser of that kicking battle to another team for you know conditional seventh or some kind of depth player, something like that. Uh, there's no reason to go all in, in my opinion, on, on one kicker right now. Just keep them both around. You can do that, and then you figure it out next offseason. I think if Elliott's you know, kicking this well, he's going to be the guy, but you just want to hedge your bet. You just want to be safe just in case you know something happens. And, and he, like, Look at Cody Parkey. We all thought he was going to be awesome, but then he got hurt, and he started not to kick as well, and that sucked. So you just keep him around just in case if there's an injury or something weird happens. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think – Elliott's going to be the guy for this season. They'll keep Caleb Sturgis on injury reserve all year, which is fine. And then they'll figure it out after this season. Um, Zach Ertz. We've been talking about it in the comments here. I know Chad Weikert brought it up. Zach Ertz is having a heck of a season. He's up to – what is he up to now? Let me. I have the numbers right here. I just lost them. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry. He's up to well, he's on pace rather for 104 receptions, 1,304 yards, and four touchdowns. Now that touchdown number, ideally that'll be a little higher, maybe it's around six to eight. But man, that is some elite production from a tight end. Zacherts is having a great year. As I said earlier, his run blocking looks good too. So it's not just like he's this one-dimensional threat. He's not. Now, I'm not saying he's one of the best run blockers in the league by any means, but the fact that he can contribute there and look good there, at least not look bad, you know, that's big. To have him on this team, he's doing great. I think the Jordan Matthews trade is, as I've said in the past, has really opened things up for Zach Ertz. He's just a reliable safety blanket option for Carson Wentz. He's able to get open over the middle of the field, move the chains. How many times has he done that? Zacherts just moved the chains, and that's something Carson Wentz has been awesome at, especially this year. Just the Eagles are converting at such a high rate on third down, and I kind of worry about that a little bit because I feel like it's it's unsustainable to some extent. But to Carson's credit, he's making good calls on third down. He's shifting things around. We saw that against the Chargers when uh, there was a the, the Eagles called a play, and he didn't like it. He checked them out of it. He drew up a, or he got Alshon open and he threw to him and he got a first down all the, all the while taking a big hit from the defense. So Carson is just really that's that's something that you don't see in the stats. Like that might only go for a 13 yard completion, but the value of that play cannot be represented in the stat sheet. And that's why the Eagles love Carson Wentz so much. It's not just about his ability and you know there's some flaws with Carson. The mechanics aren't perfect, but guess what? His mental makeup 
is why the Eagles love him so much, and that's what we saw on Sunday. Just the ability to, to move the offense along, get in and out of plays, make adjustments. That kind of thing is not something that gets measured in the stats. So that's always something to keep in mind. Um, Doug Peterson, this is the big thing. I wanted to save it for now. Doug Peterson, the criticism, and there was a lot last week, of course, for the fourth and eight. It's too much. It's over the top. Now, I don't see anyone criticizing Doug today, and you shouldn't be. You can't be because guess what? Doug Peterson's done a good job, and it's time to start admitting that. I'm not saying Doug Peterson is the best coach in the NFL, and I'm not saying you can't criticize Doug because he's not perfect. But he's done good. The Eagles are 3-1. and one. Doug Peterson deserves credit for that. They are one of only two teams to have more 20-plus point games. Or sorry, let me rephrase it this way. There are only two teams that have more 20-plus point games than the Eagles since the start of last season, and that's the Falcons and the Patriots. The Eagles have, I believe, 17, and those two teams, I think, have 18. So they only have one more 20-plus point game than the Eagles do. You look at the Eagles' offense. They're third in yards per game, seventh in scoring. They're second in first downs. They're second in third down conversion rate. They're first overall in time of possession. Doug Peterson is doing a great job with this offense. And, yes, there might be a play call here and there where it makes a scratch your head, but that's nitpicking. You're finding things at that point that you don't like or you're finding things to confirm your bias against Doug Peterson if you're harping on those plays as to pointing out that he's done a good job overall and Doug deserves credit. And by the way, I really want to bring it up because I think it's funny how everyone was talking about last week how the 4th and 8, and if the Eagles just punted in that situation, there's no way the Giants even have a chance to score, right? Wrong. Look at what the Eagles did in this game. They punted it. Right before the half, and when I, when I thought they should have went for it on fourth and one, they punt the ball, the Chargers get a couple of big plays, and then they score a field goal anyway. So what happened? I thought I thought it was impossible for the, the other team to drive down the field if you punted the ball. Now, I think they should have went for it and don't give the chance to even have the ball. And I, I thought it was weird how Doug didn't go for it there. So that was kind of strange on his behalf. And if you do want to criticize him for something, I would say going for it, or not going for it, rather, was the wrong move. He should have went for it. Didn't matter much too much in the end, so I don't want to harp on that. I just thought that was funny how that's a perfect example of why you do go for it. Because you give if you go for it, you don't give the other chance a team the, the other team to get the ball. And that the Eagles at that point could have really stepped it up. And pretty much ended the game right there. But they punted, and they gave the Chargers a chance to get the ball back. They scored three. So, again, I don't want to harp on that too much. I just thought it's funny how a week later, after Doug Peterson um, gets criticized for going on a fourth and eight, that uh, going for it probably been, would have been the right call. And now we see what it, and now some people in the comments still hating on me here, saying fourth and eight was horrible. But, uh, nope. So, overall, that was a great game for Doug Peterson, I think. I think Doug has done a good job overall this season. The Eagles have 
four out of their next five games at home. And it's time. This is where you know Doug's going to need to keep his foot on the gas. The Eagles are first place in the NFC East right now. That's great, but you're only a quarter way through the season, and now is the time where you have to extend that lead or keep that lead because four out of five at home, and I, I think a lot of these games are winnable here for the Eagles. So it's time for them to put again put their foot on the gas and keep this thing going. Now, speaking of the next game. The Eagles play the Cardinals this Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. And looking ahead to this week's game, as we always do, we have our great friend Stephen Lee, friend of the podcast. He's on Twitter at Stephen underscore Lee 20, giving us three over and unders for our Monday edition of BGN Radio Daily Podcast. He starts us off with one that's killer, man. You're killing me, Stephen Lee. I knew it had to be here, but you're killing me. Larry Fitzgerald, Eagles killer. Larry Fitzgerald's a great player, and Eagles fans know that all too well because he has 50 receptions for 845 yards and 11 touchdowns in eight games against the Eagles. So Larry Fitzgerald always kills the Eagles. And over and under, set by Stephen Lee here, is 100 receiving yards. I'm taking the over because I'm not going to be the guy who says, oh, no, the Eagles have Larry Fitzgerald this time. He's older, and he's not going to do it. No. I know the Cardinals aren't great, but Larry Fitzgerald could find a way to get 100 receiving yards even in his sleep against the Eagles because he just kills them every single time. So I'm taking the over on that one. I think the secondary is still a concern. As we saw against the Chargers, the big play, uh, the big play, they're still giving up those big plays, which is a concern. I don't know if Cox will be ready for this week. Darby, you know, is still out. So I just, I don't feel great about uh, Fitzgerald. And they move him all around the formation. I think they'll try to get him onto uh, Rizal Douglas. And we saw, as, a, you know, look, Rizal Douglas, I think he has potential for sure. I've said that all along. But we saw in the Chargers game his weakness, and that's getting beat deep or giving up some of or, – or because he plays up with such a big cushion because he doesn't want to get beat deep, he's given up some too much of those yards underneath. So I think Fitzgerald has a big game because he always does. I'm not going to bet against him. The other – number two, moving along to number two here, um, 143 rushing yards for this Eagles team against – the Cardinals. Now, again, the Eagles have 407 rushing yards in their past two games. So it's almost, when you look at that, it's like, oh, I'm going to take the over. The only thing is that the Cardinals are only allowing uh, the 11th fewest in the NFL right now, 88 per game. So teams haven't really been running all crazy over this Cardinals team. It's a home game, though. And this offensive line is playing so well that I feel a little more confident in the running game now that I'm going to take the over on the rushing yards because I think it's working right now. And if it's working, I think they're going to stick with it to some extent. And I think the Eagles will be able to run the ball if this offensive line is going to keep mashing guys like they have done. So I'm going to take the over on rushing yards this week. I think we'll see. I think it'll be close. I mean, I don't think the Eagles are suddenly going uh, over 200 or, or getting close to there, but I could see about 150 in this game. Um, as I'm saying this, the under is suddenly starting to sound a little more 
appealing, but I'm taking the over for now. I'm I'm high on LeGarrette Blunt. Um, he did great. Third overall, our third prop bet, our third over and under, I should say, is Matt Collins, 20 offensive snaps this week. Well, he only played nine, I think, in week four. And Doug Peterson did say he's sticking with Torrey Smith. So I don't think Matt Collins is suddenly going to get a lot more off the playing time right away. I do think we might see him get worked in a little more than we've seen, hopefully, because Matt Collins produces anytime he's been in. So I'm taking the under on that one. I think Torrey Smith, I think, I think Torrey Smith will actually bounce back a little bit this week. Um, I think we'll see Patrick Peterson, I would assume, on Alshon Jeffrey. So Torrey Smith might get some of those opportunities uh, where the Eagles are going deep and try to make a big play. Um, another question, or that, so that's from Stephen Lee. Thank you, Stephen Lee, for our over and unders that you give us each week. You do an awesome job with that, man. Go follow him on Twitter again. That's at Stephen underscore Lee 20, and that's Stephen Lee with a P-H, not a V. Uh, another question I wanted to get to from one of our loyal listeners, and thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Um, if you like what we do, you can check out BGN Radio and iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those apps, or any place you can get a podcast. Leave us a five-star review and rating, especially in iTunes, if you like what we do. Give us some feedback. helps us know what to do, how to improve. Um, so another one of our great loyal listeners and supporters, Matt Grum- Grumbeck. Matt Grumbrecht, I want to get your name right, buddy. Um, question for today, Eagles likely beat a team they should lose to and lose a team that they should beat. And he asked me to name which teams. I think he was feeling like the Eagles are going to lose this week to the Cardinals. That's why this question is relevant for this week. See, I don't want to think that way. <laughs> of course, I don't want to think the Eagles are going to lose any game. But ah, the Cardinals aren't good, man. They... They, their two wins are both in overtime against bad teams, so they barely beat the 49ers, and they barely beat the Colts, and they were at home for the 49ers game yesterday. And they lost to Detroit in week one. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys. I just don't think the Cardinals are very, very good. They still have some pieces. I think Bruce Arians isn't a, a bad coach. He's done, obviously, he's had success to this point in his career with Arizona, so... I don't know if it's going to be a walk in the park, but I really feel like the Eagles should be able to take care of business in this game. The Eagles are going to be home. That's a big advantage here. If this game was on the road, I'd be a little more worried, but it's it's at the link. I think the Eagles are hitting their stride a little bit here. A lot of people are using the phrase turning the corner after that Chargers game. It feels like the Eagles have finally turned the corner, and now they're ready to, to go on a run or some sorts here. Um, I feel good about that, too. I think the Eagles are going to win this week. I'm not going to give my score predictions till way too early in the week, but I, I feel good about this one. So uh, I don't think that's the game the Eagles lose, Matt. I think I was looking at the schedule, and I think the Eagles maybe lose to the Bears. That's right, the Bears, the Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears. Because if you look at this way, the schedule shapes up there. The Eagles come back from the bye. They play the Cowboys in Dallas. I think they go down to Dallas, get a big win. And then they come back home, and the Bears game, that's a trap game. And they somehow lose that game inexplicably. It's a frustrating loss. And then they go into Seattle. This is the good part. So they lose to the Bears, but they go into Seattle, and then I think they beat the Seahawks. I think that's the team they probably should lose to because I know Seattle doesn't look good at all this year, but they still have a tough defense. 
Like there's still a number of talented defensive players on that team, and winning in Seattle is still very hard. Teams don't really do that too often, especially non-NFC West teams. Sometimes they lose to teams in their division because division games can be t- always tough or weird. But the Seahawks don't lose at home to non-division teams. So, and we saw it last year the way the Eagles did not were not able to beat Seattle. So I think this is the year where Carson Wentz goes into the Seahawks stadium this time and he comes out with a win. So I think they maybe they lose that Bears game, but they come back and they win that Seahawks game and. And that would be great because uh, that would have everyone feeling good. A win against the Seahawks in Seattle late in the year, that would be a staple or signature win for this team. Um, I think that's about all I have for today's BGN Radio Daily, Monday afternoon quarterback, as we call this. Uh, want to say thank you again to everyone for tuning in. If you like what we do, as I just said, go check us out. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, any podcast app. Subscribe so you don't miss the podcast. Um, you can check us out on patreon.com backslash BGN Radio. We're doing a lot of more bonus content there, a lot, lot more bonus content. So on top of what we already do, you go check that out. Um, you can, if you're listening to this live on facebook.com backslash Nation, go over to BGN Radio. Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast. And give them a like. Give our podcast account a like. Uh, make sure you go do that. There's a, a link in the description of the, the post you're watching me in right now if you're watching on the Facebook. If you're listening on the replay, go do that as well. <laughs> go give us a like on our Facebook pages. Again, that's facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation and facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast. So appreciate that. Uh, as always, check out bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com to stay tuned for all your Eagles updates and everything we have going on. Uh, again, I really appreciate it, guys. Take it easy and go, birds. Go, birds.